0: Cai Steak steak episode episode
1: of, of the Kaiju, Kaiju. Cast, <laughs> and this is a very, very special episode. Another yokai spooktacular, so to speak. Sort of like a Halloween themed episode. I haven't done one in like uh, since 2009, my very first year doing the Kaiju Cast, and I thought it was probably just about time. Not to mention, a lot of people seemed really interested in watching the yokai films uh, at my place. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes and uh you'll get to hear about the uh the yokai curse uh which is what I've come to name something that uh happened to some of my previous guests. Uh we are going to hear some music from the yokai films. I might be playing a couple of songs from the uh from some of the movies that we didn't watch. Um basically Heather and Martin came over and watched Yokai Hyaku Monogatari. Uh, yokai Daisenso and Tokaido Obake Dochu. and you'll hear a little bit about that. And uh, these movies that we that we watched were the Dae trilogy. There are lots more, and you know, if you don't know what a yokai is, you definitely. Definitely, are missing out because these are one of the coolest things that I've ever seen come out of Japan, and Japan has a lot of cool stuff. So if you if you like cool stuff from Japan, you'll definitely want to hear this. And of course, it wouldn't be an episode of the Kaiju Cast without some news and of course, uh, local events as well. Oh, also, we have an uh, an interview with Mister Matt Alt because I am going to Japan. He lives in Japan. It seemed. Pretty uh, pretty obvious choice for the yokai episode to talk to the guy who wrote yokai attack. And of course, we're gonna have some music from these films. Uh, like I said earlier, and I, I kind of want to tell you guys a little bit about the music. I acquired the soundtracks for both the first and the third yokai films. That would be uh, as we know them here in the states. Thanks to ADV Films, uh, we know them as oh my gosh, what is it called? Yokai monsters. 100 Ghosts, is that right? Something like that. Anyway, the first movie. And then the third movie is uh, also known as Yokai Monsters Along with Ghosts. And so these two soundtracks, unfortunately, are not the best quality. Uh, and it really does come through as sort of uh, very hissy and very, um, oh, I don't know how to say this, very very low quality as far as the audio recording goes. It's better than having nothing, and it's a lot better than what I did last time, where I just like literally recorded the audio directly from the CD for the episode. Uh, these at least don't have like dialogue bits. Actually, speaking of dialogue, the CD is laden with tons of the dialogue from the films. It's kind of weird. Um, I'm guessing that if you speak Japanese, it kind of maybe helps out, kind of placing where the song is. Uh, there are some tracks that are like six minutes long. And it's uh five minutes and fifty seconds of nothing but dialogue for just like a like little 10 second like little crescendo bit that you know just like a punctuation mark and um don't worry i won't uh, I won't be playing any of that actually if if you want to hear something like that, uh, this is a good one. So there you have it. That's, uh, that's an example for you. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and push on. We're going to power through and try and get through these little creepy times that we have here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with a song from the third film, which is Tokaido Obake Docho, which is uh, along with ghosts. This one is called Gravesite Apparition. start this i mean we could just start off with the curse thing so there there appears to be some sort of curse here Uh, i don't know if it has to do with the kaiju cast headquarters or if it's the actual movies themselves or the combination of the of the two but uh, we tried to schedule a Yokai Marathon, where we had not just the, the original three um, movies from Dae, but also the Kitakawa remake by Takashi Miike uh, from 2005. But it just did not work out. We um, we eventually figured out that the the people who were interested in this were myself, Heather. Martin, Jeff, and Cindy, but Cindy can't make it. Couldn't make it to any of the stuff because um, a we had a limited time to do it, and uh, she's working with Fright Town, that uh, our friend Dave Helfree aka Baron von Gulu, uh, puts together. <clears throat> the next to go was Jeff, <laughs> dropping like flies. Uh, we had all the rest of it. Uh, the rest of us were all ready for it and scheduled for it, and uh, Jeff texted me the day of and said dude i did not check with my wife and i cannot i cannot come tonight and um busted to which i said lame and then started thinking man this is crazy these you know they're not going to make it uh that that's a bummer but at least we have this
2: is the this is the core this is the core group for the the kaiju core the kaiju core it's true
1: and uh and then Martin and Heather came over and yes. watched the movie with me, and it was a lot of fun. we because we only had one day to do it, we watched uh just the three die films from nineteen sixty eight and sixty nine
2: yes, which was fantastic and little did we know the curse was actually beginning to grip Martin right there in the Kaiju headquarters he yeah. kept he kept very uh very strong calm face about it all, but apparently he was just shivering and starting to come down with some kind of kaiju cold i don't how many i don't know how many times i could do this um, A yokai cold A yokai cold, yes but uh but he was he was quite quite sick by by the end of the evening apparently and uh and thus has not joined us for recording so yeah
1: he well he continued to get sicker i thought i was hoping he would get better and then right. um i texted him today and he said not going to make it unfortunately so not gonna happen the two stalwarts here That's are right. Heather and myself, and we're going to talk to you guys about yokai. Um, if you're asking yourself what's yokai, if you didn't happen to hear the last Halloween episode that I did, which was in 2009, which Jeff did take part in, even though he had not seen all these movies, uh, best way to describe yokai in my um, in my professional haha, opinion is to say that yokai are basically uh, ghosts, goblins... And the like, and, um, if like the, J- the Japanese, these are, you know, age old, uh, apparitions, I guess you could say. And the Japanese have, uh, sort of come up with yokai. Oh, they've sort of come up with the yokai for an explanation of weird things that happen. Um, uh, Later on, hopefully we'll be hearing an interview with Matt Alt, who wrote Yokai Attack, and he describes it by saying, the yokai are the spookiest Japanese monsters you've never heard of, and it's high time they got their due. Written with the Japanese characters for otherworldly and weird, the word yokai has typically been translated in a great many ways from demon to ghost to goblin to specter, all of which are about as imprecise and un- <laughs> imprecise and unevocative as translating samurai to Japanese warrior or sushi to raw fish on rice yokai are yokai uh which is a great explanation and uh they really really is i mean it's a rich history in my opinion and uh i love the different looks and uh features and powers of these little guys i think they're i think they're amazing and i find it kind of cool that in a hipster sort of way maybe that uh <laughs> don't say that that yeah i'm not um <clears throat> it's not ironic though i really do love these things and uh i find it weird that they're not uh, more prevalent outside of Japan, but they're, I mean, I guess they're everywhere in Japan, which hopefully Matt will talk about. Specifically, we watched three movies, and there are at least five that I would suggest watching to anybody that have to do with yokai. The f- which means the, we have two more to watch. That's right. The first the first one we watched is the first of the, we watched the trilogy, the Diet Trilogy, which starts in 1968 with Yokai Hyaku Managotori. Managotori? I actually had to write that several times this week. And so it's Monogatari. Uh, and that basically means uh, 100 Ghost Stories. And that's a game that was played in Japan, ancient, ancient Japan. And uh, what happens is everybody stand, everybody sits around in a room. Each person has a, ca- a candle. And after they finish telling a ghost story, that person blows out a candle. And by the end of the, the night... When the sun's about to come up, supposedly, uh, you've told all the ghost
2: stories, all the candles
1: are out. Which means it's dark And there are ghosts around.
2: I gotta say, this would have definitely added quite the element to the ghost ghost storytelling days of my childhood. But I don't know that any of the sleepovers that I was at would have welcomed a room full of eight or nine-year-old girls with... When, you know a hundred <laughs> candles <laughs> lit
1: candles yeah that's
2: probably not probably not the best idea but yeah and that word
1: hyaku which means 100 that's sort of a loose translation of the word word 100 it doesn't literally mean like what we say when you know like it's one through 100 it just kind of means a lot, a lot. and uh
2: more than a baker's dozen m-
1: yeah A handful. So if you had, I mean, we watched in the film, they're doing this and they've only got maybe like 20 people in the room at the most. And then later on, they've got less when they're in the bad guy's house. Uh, Anyway, it's a really cool um, game, I guess, in my opinion. I would love to jump in my TARDIS and head back to feudal Japan and, you know wander into one of those sessions I think it would be really cool so long as I could speak Japanese oh I wouldn't need to because the um, TARDIS would automatically would translate, translate for, for you. me yes it would uh,
2: yeah I don't know that it would hold the same hold the same effect with the ghost stories of, of today or the ghost stories of America maybe you know and the call was coming from inside the house. I don't know that that you know, carries the same weight as the uh, you know crying baby in a cornfield crushing the life out of you. That's a little more intense. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: So they had some really great stories, uh, that's very brief stories, unfortunately, and I would totally watch uh, more. if we'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more, but if you're interested in watching a film that has more ghost stories than just one or two, there's a film called Kwaidan, uh, also known as Kaidan. It was released on DVD by Criterion, and it is a fantastic movie, very theatrical. Mm. And, but also, uh, it's it's an anthology. It's, I think it's got four or five tales in it, um, ranging from not-so-scary to that was freaking creepy. Nice. And I, I super, uh, super love that one.
2: We'll have to watch that upon your return.
1: Uh, so, Yokai Hyaku Monogatari. Let's talk about that for a little bit. This is a film that basically, I mean, the the basics of the film essentially deal with a local town in Japan, feudal Japan. All, all three of these films are set in feudal Japan. This one deals with a corrupt political scene, which doesn't really sound intriguing and informational uh, when I say it coming out of my mouth like that. But... Uh, that's essentially what it is. There's a, a couple of houses that are getting torn down and somebody, they tear down a shrine. And that's really the sort of like key in the to story. To build a brothel. To build a brothel. Really,
2: which is just, you know, about as corrupt as you can get to tear down the shrine and the tenement house.
1: Yeah, and there's payoffs and it's crazy.
2: Yeah. Umbrella stomping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some
1: guy gets the crap beat out of him. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, but this film basically is it, the, all three of them sort of deal with like a revenge element, very much like the Daimajin trilogy. And uh, in fact, again, same, same uh, company doing these films just around the same time. And Daiya did a fantastic job At least with this one Really love this one And one of my in, in this film You get to see A lot of different yokai You get to see The no face Which I yes. think Is the no pu I should be looking These up as I talk About them Probably You get to see The katakasa Which is the Umbrella ghost
2: Weirdest one Of the bunch Let me tell you That's
1: Yeah And those are the Big ones Those are the ones That get the most Screen time uh, Except there's also The roku rokubi Which is awesome
2: Yes She is one of my Favorites for for sure.
1: And while those are the big, big ones in the story, it actually, the movie starts off with a tale about a Korobi, which is uh, sort of, I guess, just like a big, giant, furry, cyclopean monster in the forest.
2: With arms like straw. Arms like straw,
1: which I uh, translated that in my brain, thanks to the TARDIS, to that meaning uh, that it was strong. So if you have like a, a bale of hay, a bale of hay is very strong or, you know, True. you know, Bushel of hay—is that what it's called? Anyway, uh, so that's the first film, which was
2: one of my favorites of the yes. three. And, yes, uh, I, I put, I placed that strongly in second cool
1: so a bit uh like what were your favorite parts of that movie
2: i mean i did actually really enjoy the the storyline to it i mean the actual like underlying story not just the not just the yokai but i like the fact that they were sort of they're not really champions of good but it's that sort of you know understanding of if you do bad they will get you
1: yeah yeah and so what happens in the in the film is that the bad guys the political uh Naughty folk, they hold their own uh, game with the 100 ghost tale. And what ends up happening is at the end of that, they are supposed to They're perform a ritual to stop the demons from entering our world.
2: Right. It's it's like a curse blocking ritual, essentially. It's uh, paying your respects to these creatures. And they just sort of laugh in the face of it and say, I'll show you our curse you know, our curse ritual here—dirty yeah. money for everyone, <laughs> and uh, and they and they, you know, essentially just laugh in the face of this curse. It's and kind of
1: like evil Oprah. Right. Look under your chair. There's a whole bunch of money for you.
2: Dirty money for everyone. Yeah, and that's new uh, and dirty money for you and dirty, yeah. and you get a new car. Um, you get a new cart. Cart, yes, that would be, that would be the, but yes. So then it's hard to say whether the yokai would have been on the lookout for them anyway, since they were dirty and corrupt and doing all these bad things. But then when they mocked them and didn't, didn't do the curse cleansing yeah. ritual, yeah, uh, then, I mean, there was just no way that they weren't going to all be taken out.
1: Yeah. And I think I really, I mean, that's one of the things that I really like about this. That's sort of this divine retribution in a sense. It's like, no. I'm sorry. We don't need that. And a lot of the films uh you'll see the bad guys in the Daimajin films as well. They are they're all about the new. They're like
2: that's old stuff. Right. I don't believe
1: who believes in curses and ghosts anymore.
2: Shrines, please.
1: <laughs> anyway, so they uh they they ignore that and then of course uh then they then they do destroy the shrine. Yes. And then that's when the retribution happens that's and it, it. is super quick like as soon as that shrine comes down the clouds roll in and uh the guy for some reason tries to throw a spear into the green sun
2: well you know that's i mean you have enough ladders you can stack them to the moon right
1: let's move on let's talk about the second film yokai daisenso which uh literally translates to great yokai war that's what the "die" means means big anyway this is also known as spook warfare in our country when it was released on dvd from adv films and this is my least favorite of the bunch agreed it's got it's it's fun it's, it's got, much more lighthearted. it's got
2: a lot of a lot of yokai in it actually as primary characters which is kind of fun to actually spend the time with the yokai but at the same time it's very sooby-doo gang i don't oh, yeah, i don't know the, sure. yeah there's and, well the
1: first movie the yokai appear very much like uh they're not characters so much as elements exactly. to be used against the bad guys yes the second movie
2: they are the characters.
1: Are nothing but characters, and you right. have the straw head, the straw guy, and like you know, it's hard to hard to describe them all. But uh, the main story revolves around a, around a kappa who's been yes. ousted from his pond in a local lord's manor. castle manor thing. Yeah, and um, he's been ousted by a Babylonian vampire who's been awakened from a thousand years sleep like they do i think they do i didn't know babylonian vampires were so freaking ugly though
2: i didn't know they were so there he is now and
1: his name is daimon and daimon is uh i mean he's like got feather scale things all over him he's got chicken feet which is actually very uh if you didn't know this heather Mm. uh according to many cultures you know that's one of the things they say it's like if you think somebody might be a demon look at their feet and their feet aren't human than there,
2: you know that's sound reasoning right there <laughs>
1: it really is uh until you ac- come across somebody who you know has a terrible deformity and, and then, then you burn them at the stake and then it's
2: just awkward yeah
1: anyway so daimon yes shows up at this uh he gets released and then he shows up at this manor yeah he he, he's kills, taken kills, kills, it, the lord kills the lord
2: taken the form of of the lord of the manor once again we've got all of that smash the shrine in the you know this time in the house not a, not a town shrine but just the shrines that are, are built in people's homes to pay their respects to their gods. And of course, this demon wants none of that. So yeah,
1: so he destroys all that. Destroys and then, all the shrines. Uh, and kills some people like, and starts to import children for for killing purposes. And it's... it's
2: Tasty, it, tasty suppers
1: of chil- children's. I know I just said this movie is a lot more lighthearted, <laughs> but uh, I, you got to trust me on this. It it's, really is.
2: <laughs> it's so strange in that it's it's made for children but it's absolutely like a cautionary tale essentially i mean it's that you know the characters are given a lot more whimsy the the yokai are I mean they've the first time one of them actually opened their mouths and and spoke i was kind of throne and yeah, essentially it ca- was like what the what
1: yeah the kappa's voice is like <laughs>
0: you know? yes very uh
1: very like a like one of the aliens from mars attacks yeah <laughs> yeah actually speaking Japanese. right so yes. this is this movie is it's a little too
2: <sighs> slapsticky slapsticky
1: and kind of weird and let's make no mistake about it these are late 1960s secondary studio suits for these guys this is why we're one of the reasons I was drawn to these is because clearly they are rubber-suited monsters. In the in the cast of characters, you have the dude with the big head and the straw on his body. Yes. You have the Roku Rokubi, yes. who makes another appearance. Yes. The Kappa. She's always fun. Uh, the Karakasa uh, Nopepo, who Heather... Coined as Potato Man. Potato Man. Or Potato Guy. Yep. You have my favorite character, which is actually a fox who has a belly that extends out uh, really big. And they can see what's happening in other places, like a crystal ball. Karakasa, yes. Uh, And then there's also the fox's friend, I think, translates to Blue Monk. I'm not exactly sure about that one. long time ago, Ketakawa Pictures' website had a very cool yokai page and all the names of the yokai were in there in kanji and I was able to like copy them and paste them into google translator or babble fish or something like that and get little translations for all their names
2: what's the because I'm a nerd you are what's the two-faced
1: oh the lady yeah there's a lady who's cute on one side just
2: looks like a like an attractive
1: Japanese, Japanese gal. gal, and then the back of her head has a crazy, messed up, deformed face with a big, long nose and a hand at the end of that.
2: Maybe not even a nose; it may just be an arm. I'm very true. I don't know.
1: Actually, the scene where they bring her in and they've got the <laughs> yes. the funny guys, as ridiculous as that was, I found it hilarious. Yes, and no, I that is a do good find scene. It funny. With
2: do you recall what that what that character?
1: Mm, i do not it was not my favorite i no. still enjoy
2: it yeah it was a fun movie it's I, ambitious liked I liked is the, what it is. i did like the the suits a lot um i still stand by it that as entertaining as the umbrella monster is because he's kind of like the dog as kyle said which i think is very true sort of the dog of the yokai and that he seems very faithful to his other yokai and he licks faces he licks faces but um i just his shoe makes no sense to me <laughs> it's a it's a gata. It's a,
1: But it's just tall.
2: I but don't know. aren't they supposed to have two? I don't know. Isn't there supposed to be two? Maybe just
1: skilled people have one. Just have sure. one?
2: It's like a stilt shoe. I don't Sound, know. It sounds like I've got me. a
1: lot of work to do, got a lot of research to do when I go to Japan. Yeah. Uh, but we should probably move on to our next, the next film, which my is the favorite. third one we watched. And also my favorite. This one is called Tokaido Obake dochu, And basically, it translates to ghosts along the Tokaido highway. Because Tokaido is highway, Obake means ghost, and I guess dochu means along with or something. Sure. Uh, sure. Anyway, uh, this one is actually my favorite in terms of story as well. It's got what I consider to be a really good story, oh. although Martin... He's not here to defend himself. Totally pulled out the uh M Night Shyamalan twist a little
2: too early. He did. I was very impressed. What a jerk. Just uh, Justin might have done that too. He's obnoxious in that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was uh it was a good grid film. Basically uh <clears throat> another another film with bad guys. Uh these guys are like a a, a gang of yes. of uh gamblers and so forth and thieves. Thieves. And they have killed someone. uh, The head of
2: another house, essentially.
1: Right. And they they come up with the plan to also kill the messengers, which you're not supposed to do, right? Right.
2: That's like one of the first rules, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. So they kill the messengers who are going to deliver the evidence to someone.
2: Against the head of their house.
1: Yeah. So they they make that kill next to a shrine, even though an old man warns them, don't kill somebody here. Right.
2: Which I thought was... I I loved that moment because... Because it seemed like he was kind of okay with killing. Just <laughs> d- you don't want to do it here. That was the that was the thing there. It's like you know, kill the guy, whatever. Meet him, meet him two blocks that way. That's all I suggest. Because you do it here, and you are going to be sorry. Yeah,
1: correct me if I am wrong. I think that's foreshadowing. Indeed, I am just kidding. Uh, so then, what happens is that old man is involved in the story because he has uh, been taking care of a little girl well, named Mio.
2: Was his? It was his granddaughter. Right. Yes. Right, spoilers. Mm. Come on,
1: I think there's some kind of statute of limitations. <laughs> statute of limitations on this. These movies came out in the late sixties. Yes. Anyway, he dies, but sends Mio, the little girl, to Tells find the, her father. You know,
2: supposedly she was seven, but let's face it that that little girl looked to be like four. Oh my god, she looked so, tiny. She was tiny. She was so tiny, and she's it's kind like, of adorable. She really, she really was, and is, and it was okay, sweet child. You have no money and no food. Now go walk four miles to this inn and remember this person's name and then tell him you know this person and then clue them in on this and you're going okay she's already starving you really you really want her to, to remember all of these things but those young minds I tell you they uh they hold they hold knowledge but so she starts off on her tragic track leaving leaving grandpa behind
1: yeah and along the way she meets a couple of helpful folk but yes. she also encounters the bad guys quite a bit and yes. there's a lot of back and forth like where she's with a bad guy and then she's with the good guy and um, and the
2: poor thing she just doesn't know who to trust yeah. I mean she has a hard time establishing which is good and which is bad and a lot of the good guys dress a lot like the bad guys because they're still kind of maybe bad guys, sort of, but just not in this situation. They're being good guys in this situation with helping a little girl. But yeah, uh, oh, but it just—I mean, a f- oh, fantastic story, and I just absolutely adored everything about the way that it was filmed and the soundtrack. I mean, it was—I'm—I'm I'm a huge. I think Kyle knows this. I'm a huge Western. Fan.
1: Oh, yeah. The soundtrack is very,
2: very Very, Western. Yeah, very spaghetti Western. And it's, in a lot of ways, shot the same way where you've got a lot of the scenery is almost is almost a character in itself. I mean, they just really recognize the beauty and isolation of the area that they're filming and just include that in the story just fantastically. I mean, it's just, this little girl is just alone in the middle of nowhere and it's just gorgeous.
1: Yeah. So I don't want to talk too much about the story because I really do feel like out of the three tales, this one had not just the best story, but also sort of had you know something to give you as a movie watcher
2: no i i had not seen any of these and i told i told kyle that that was the order in which i enjoyed them the third was my favorite the first was my second and the second was my third third third, yeah (laughs) not to be which wasn't confusing at all to him because that's the order that he enjoys them as well yeah but i told him that you know besides the fact that i just really liked these movies just for what they were that the third movie honestly probably is going to take a place in my top 20 movies i would say i just very
0: cool yeah i very just cool.
2: real. i mean it's just not just a good ghost story yokai suspense what have you but just hands down just a fantastic film
1: yeah so i don't want to talk i don't want to tell too much what, of what happens but there is a scene the
2: butler did it <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a scene in which one character bad guy he's he's caught the little girl and he's carrying her through the woods and as he's carrying her he's like oh man you're getting really heavy (laughs) and he comes across the uh he comes across a sight he sees her sitting down but he's still carrying her on his shoulders and he's like that was what (laughs) and then that
2: can't be if you're here then how
1: can you be yeah and then she continues to get heavy and then he like then she changes into one of the ghosts which is oh man so cool yeah this is like a great scene and there was that crazy scene like crazy shot where the the dead crow falls from the sky with the snake Snake wrapped around around
2: it yeah love it yeah
1: excellent movie if you have not seen these films uh they really do deserve to be watched and especially this this last one we're out of time heather i know i'm sorry it's cool but uh i'm gonna take a break here and heather's gonna be on her way and we'll hear some music from the films okay, she's gone. Heather's gone now, you guys. Uh, So there's something else I wanted to say. So there are, we watched the three films uh, from 1968 and 69 from Daae Pictures, uh, which are great, great movies. And they're they're, they're super old. I mean, that's the the weird thing. Uh, These movies, they definitely show their age. And while we all enjoyed uh, Along With Ghosts very much, and uh, also the first movie, it's unfortunate that uh, that they are as sort of low-tech as they are. There is another film that's also from the same sort of era. Um, it was actually made in 1964, and uh, it's made by Toho. This film is called Kwaidan. You heard me reference it a little bit earlier. This film contains four stories, and uh, these four stories were adapted from, I guess, original um, Japanese ghost stories. It's not yokai specific, uh, although they're definitely Obake, which is uh, ghosts, or Yurei, which is ghosts. I can't really, I can't keep them straight. Uh, The four tales are The Black Hair, which uh, is, I guess, adapted from a story called The Reconciliation. And it's where this one guy divorces his wife. He leaves her in this huge house. And and, uh, then once his his second marriage fails he comes back to her and she's basically died and it's a ghost story. the second film is uh, the Woman of the Snow which is a classic tale of the Yuki Ona which is uh, basically like snow but this is not what it means it she's kind of like a vampire who lives in the snow really really fun f- fun tale there uh, the third one is called Hoichi the Earless and if you if you're interested, in hearing the last episode, it's uh, it was back when I was only doing one episode per month, and this would have been the 2009 October episode. Uh, I play a pretty significant piece in the in the episode that is uh, the the tale of Hoichi the earless. No, sorry, it is the uh, is the tale of the Heike, which is um the. Uh, a giant battle that was fought at sea. And it's really, um, it's quite amazing. And the fourth story is called In a Cup of Tea. Uh, it's not my favorite. And actually, it's, anyway, I'm not even going to talk about that. That's Kaidan, which came out in 1964, um, same year as Mothra versus Godzilla, to keep it in the kaiju uh, sort of vein. Another film that you should really check out is um, supposedly a remake of the second in the Dae trilogy, which is called Yokai Daisenso. Takashi Miike, who a lot of people know from his work on his really insane movies uh, in Japan, like um, Happiness of the Katakuras and Visitor Q, he did a film, and he also, people know him very well for Ichi the Killer, and maybe uh, some of you Sentai guys will know Zebra Man which is a great movie. He did the great yokai war also, you know, known as yokai daisenso in 2005. And it's a really cool story. It's really well made. And it's also like the first uh, yokai daisenso, very ambitious in, in terms of building suits. Basically, I think just about every single ghost in this film is a man in a suit, which is awesome. It's like a costume Uh, there's a couple of exceptions. There's like the wall that, uh, moves around, which is I think CGI. And then there's like sort of the paper, which is from a Shigeru Mizuki film. Uh, anyway, that's a great film. We are going to watch those sometime just for fun. Maybe we'll have to wait. Maybe not. Uh, maybe that'll be the subject of next year's, uh, Halloween episode. But, uh, If you're interested at all, like I said before, if you're interested at all in Japanese culture, these apparitions, these yokai, are just extremely fun to check out. And um, I highly suggest uh, picking up Matt Alt's book, or sorry, Matt Alt and Hiroko Yoda's book called Yokai Attack, The Japanese Monster Survival Guide. Um, It's a great book. And it's actually, it's in, you know... It's really fun to read and it shows how crazy and weird these little creatures are. Um, I don't I don't have a huge collection of yokai stuff, which is good because I've got a huge collection of Godzilla stuff and I don't need another uh, massive undertaking financially. But these you know, these things are uh, not only are they cute and adorable and scary and creepy and weird looking. They also have like a long history in Japanese culture. Now, this episode is being spliced together in a kind of weird, not live format, uh, and because I'm actually going to be in Japan, and as far as you know, I'm in Japan right now, and uh, because I'm in Japan right now, I thought it would be very cool to catch up with Matt Alt. I thought it would be very cool to meet up with Matt Alt and talk to him about yokai, I am literally sitting in a park in Tokyo with Matt Alt. Matt is a writer or co-writer of Yokai Attack and because uh, it's October and because I'm in Tokyo, I had no choice but to talk to him and really kind of pick his brain about the supernatural creepiness of uh, Japanese folklore monster things. Hey Matt. Welcome to Terrifying Tokyo. <laughs> It's very, very pleasant. Actually, the weather is really nice, and the, this park is beautiful.
3: Yeah, you sure picked a good day. This is Inokashira Park. This is actually, we're in Kichijoji, which is kind of a subcultural epicenter of Tokyo, or at least it was. This is where the anime industry used to be centered.
1: Oh, man.
3: Yeah, not so much anymore, but it used so much. to be.
1: So, uh, tell me something. When did you first encounter any kind of yokai... It, it, you know, in terms of, of seeing something that in- intrigued you?
3: Well, like a lot of people I think, my fir- even Japanese people but uh, like a lot of people my first uh, exposure to yokai was through uh, Gegege no Kitaro mm-hmm. which is a-, a yokai anime a yokai related anime, and, you know, I thought it was cool I thought it was cute um, but it wasn't, in- it wasn't for many years until I-, I met my wife later that she explained to me that all of the yokai that appeared in there weren't Created by Mizuki They were actual real Japanese folk tales And uh, stories that he had kind of appropriated and, uh, and repurposed and remixed In a really cool way to make his own show And that was really intriguing to me mm-hmm. And she started showing me books of Traditional yokai illustrations And paintings and things And I was like, whoa, like, a lot of this stuff When you see a lot of those uh, older uh, woodblock prints and paintings and things by masters like Hokusai, I mean, this stuff is amazingly, has an amazing amount of impact for something that's like 100 or 200 years old.
1: Yeah, it's uh we just actually sat down and watched all three of the Dae movies.
3: Oh For oh this, Yokai Daisenso? Uh, yeah and uh, uh, what's the other Yokai
1: one? Yokai Hiyakuma Gatari. Yeah, and, yes, uh, yes.
3: To, let's see if I can get it right. Tokaido Obake Dochu. Yes. Okay, those are great, great, great films. I uh, I really love Yokai Dai Senso in particular. So tell me a little bit about writing the book. Like what drove you to catalog such a wide variety of well, these creatures. It's uh you know, like a lot of creative endeavors, it actually started pretty much out of frustration, which what I mean by that was I, I saw all of these amazing pieces of art and all of this information about the yokai that was available in Japanese, and I was like, God, somebody must have done a book about this in English. Mm-hmm. But when I was looking for resources in English, there was really nothing. And this is, you got to remember, this is a good, with the time I'm talking about here, it was a good 10 years ago before the internet had really fully uh, uh, spread through society as it has now. now there's a lot of different yokai pages and Wikipedia articles and things, mm-hmm. but at the time, it was almost nothing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, And so we decided to kind of try to fill that niche ourselves. Yeah, well, I remember when I was, okay, so I found out about these things through those three die films.
1: Right. And uh, I remember I tried to look up all the information about right. them. And at the time, I think maybe I could only find like maybe 10 websites that had English bits on them. Right, right. And it was very difficult to Sort of yeah. understand what was going on, but yeah, a couple of books came out sure. that aren't, aren't like yokai specific like yours is, but they were just kind of they all included that whole like ghost parade yeah. in them, and that's yes. that's what
3: sold me on it. Yeah, like, the the, the yaki awesome. or yako as it's called in Japanese, which is the night parade of a hundred demons, mm-hmm. is supposedly this true story of when Kyoto uh, a thousand years ago was attacked by this army of of yokai, and that's kind of like one of the fundamental folktales, uh, yokai-related folktales of Japan, and, uh, that's why you see things like, Monogatari*, mm-hmm. which means a hundred ghost stories, which is, uh, a hundred is often used with yokai and ghosts and ghouls and things like that, and it all kind of goes back to that, I think. And that's, like, Yaku doesn't necessarily mean one hundred, it no. just means like a whole bunch Yeah, right? it's it's like, you know, it's sailing the seven seas means like you're sailing seas all over the world There's mm. a lot more, I mean, I guess when that saying was coined, there were only seven known seas But now it's kind of known to mean a lot Right, yes. Same And same thing, hundred in Japanese is kind of used in that context to I mean a lot Okay So, uh, these these creatures, they're
1: not really scary in the terms that, uh, you know, a lot of them are covered in, you know, blood or nasty bits and stuff like that, but for the most part, at least in the book, in some of the illustrations you have in your book, they're Many of them are kind of just cute yeah. or just really bizarre looking.
3: Well, it's it's really there's a there's a really interesting uh, fundamental difference here between ghosts and between yokai, and I think for most modern Japanese, ghosts are way more freaky and scary to them mm-hmm. than yokai are. Mm-hmm. Yokai have almost been turned into into characters. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they were seen as characters back in time uh, is a different story. It's a different mm-hmm. discussion. But right now, they're basically seen as characters and. I think the the, the really uh, critical distinction between the two is that a ghost, a yurei, is uh, a someone. That's Mm -hmm. someone who has died, usually pretty horribly, and come back as a ghost. That's why they're kind of uncomfortable, nasty presences. Mm -hmm. Whereas a yokai is a something. It's, it's, it's almost more of a natural phenomenon. It's like a superstition with a personality, right? So it's, it's a very different sort of beast, literally, than, than a ghost, and I think lends itself to being a little bit... There's a little bit broader interpretation. There's even some yokai out there that are good and helpful to have around.
0: Right, so. uh, yes.
3: I, uh, I saw that some of them... I saw here. Uh, no-pepo? <laughs> yeah, no-pepo, where if you eat it you'll get eternal life, although that's a, that's a kind of double-edged sword, yes. because you basically end up evolving <laughs> into one of them. So it's kind of like a matango, fungus of terror sort of thing. I think the most uh, famous, friendly yokai is one called the Zashiki Warashi, which takes the form of a, of a child that lives up in the, at the rafters of your house, mm-hmm. and they only take up residence in happy homes happy families, happy homes. Not wealthy necessarily, but happy. And so the presence of a zashiri and, and which means uh, the kid in the room, that's literally what it means, which sounds a lot scarier than it is, but the, the uh, kid in the room makes himself known by leaving little footprints around the house at night, or maybe jumping up and down on you in bed like a kid would, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, and just kind of doing little uh, uh, childish things around the house, like overturning pillows and stuff, and knocking over furniture. Kind of like a friendly poltergeist But when it leaves You're screwed That means your house There's something seriously wrong with it You're not mm-hmm. happy You're you're certainly headed for downfall So having one around is a good thing You want to keep it there Yes So uh what
1: what are your favorites from that book? I mean oh. if you had to choose like three or four That just, just stand out to you And well, you've actually maybe tried to find it I get
3: this a lot <laughs> We actually You know that's actually it's a, funny, it's a funny question It's it's as to whether yokai really exist And whether you can look for them or not There's a lot of different ways of looking at it but my personal favorite is one called the Kappa, and he's also probably the single most famous yokai, and the reason I like him is he has this kind of uh, science fiction-y aspect to him, mm-hmm. and there's almost a biological aspect to him. He's kind of a half frog, half man, he's yep. got a slimy froggy skin and a tur- tortoiseshell back and a kind of beak like mouth. And uh, in, in folklore, at any rate, their favorite hobby is to swim underneath an unwary swimmer and slide a hand up their bottom <laughs> and to pull out their organ meats from inside. So uh, yeah. he's got a lot of personality
1: too. You the, know.
3: The way. I, I tell people about the kappa, and it's
1: like describe what he looks like, and then I say, and the only thing he enjoys more than uh, the
3: entrails of the young <laughs> right, are, yes. are are cucumbers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's just like you know, there's all sorts of, of backstories. It's not as silly or as crazy as it sounds, there's all sorts of backstories as to why Kappa legends grew into what they are. This isn't some kind of randomly thrown together mm-hmm. uh, uh, a group of ideas, but basically what he is, in a nutshell, is a personification of water, and a personification of the dangers of playing in water unattended, which is why parents would be like, don't go in the river, mm-hmm. especially that bend up around there. Kappa lived there. Because, you know, we didn't know about hydrodynamics and, you know, all of these things under toes. Like, now we explain that the reason the river is dangerous there because there's rocks that cause a current that pull you down or something. Right. But back then, they'd tell their kids, there's a kappa there, and it worked just as well. Yeah,
1: you know? I I think one of the things that I like about yokai is it seems like a lot of them have been created, or a lot of those myths have been created, to explain the unexplainable yes. at the time. Absolutely. Like uh, the guy who washes the beans. Yes. And the... the um, I forgot the name of it, but when you're in the bathtub, yes, like, you know, the thought of just being alone in the bathtub and the kind of creepy,
3: creepy feeling, and like, there must have been a ghost there. Yes. Well, one of of the things I love about yokai, so many of them are so mundane, and by that I mean they're connected to these just very everyday sorts of things you don't even think about. One, and this, this one particular one I'm going to tell you about wasn't in Yokai Attack, but I think he's great. He's called Tenjo Name, Sealing Liquor. And basically, when you, you know, if you've been living in a house for a while, eventually stains will start to develop on the ceiling and stuff and like now we're like dust bunnies or whatever but back in time they'd be like yep the uh, the the uh, the ceiling liquor yeah. And there's this, this this monster looking thing with really long legs and a tiny body that just kinda of sneaks into your house, licks the ceiling, and leaves. And like that, that kind of like humorousness, that kind of playfulness I think is one of the things that I really like about Yokai. It's one of the things that attracted me to them. There's a real humanity to these monsters, you know? Yes, absolutely.
1: So you are uh so let's talk about some movies real quick. So you're you're familiar with the Yokai films from A. Sure. Uh, I'm assuming you've <clears> also seen the two thousand five remake of sorts from uh, Takashi Miike. I was in it.
3: What? Yeah, my wife and I were extras in that. We were, uh... She played a a yokai called an ubume, which is a... uh, Not an ubume, excuse me. She plays a yokai that's like a giant frog in a a kimono. And she's... The way you can tell her in the film is she appears next to this other yokai called an ubume, which is like a, a... the kind of soul of a woman who died in childbirth, reborn as a, as oh, a you know, kind of small yes. white
1: creature. Is that the? Is she holding a baby?
3: Yes, she's holding oh, yeah. a baby. And if you look for a giant, a giant frog walking next to her, that's my wife. Um, in costume, of course. Oh, right, <laughs> it right, doesn't of Doesn't work like that course. normally. <laughs> and uh, I played a couple of other minor ones uh, as well. But that was a huge crowd scene. Like uh, there were at, on the second day of shooting. I mean, there must have been five, six, seven hundred people in the, in the set. Yeah. All dressed in costumes like that. It was a great experience. Yeah. I was talking about how that that film. Like Miyike
1: in general yeah. is just very ambitious. And the fact that they put all those people in costumes, yes. so little of the actual costume, so little of the yokai yeah. were actually, you know. CGI or yeah, you know anything. Yeah,
3: and, and he actually directed those scenes. He was on the set for them. I think a lot of directors would have left that to the second unit or something. And actually one of my fondest memories of that is at the, on the end of the last day of that shooting, mm-hmm. he actually sat in the sound studio because they, they had to take groups, there were so many extras. Mm-hmm. It took hours to to rotate them all through the um, the kind of cleanup the the makeup cleanup stations and yes, stuff like yes. that and like the captain of his ship, he sat there the entire time, he didn't have to do this, waiting for all of the extras to go through, and about 10 minutes into that, apropos of nothing, no setup for this or anything, He just he reaches over next to him pulls out a zebra man mask yes and puts it on and so he's just sitting there with us and he's filling out paperwork he's not like yes i am your god or anything like that he's just quietly filling. like every once in a while like a runner would come up with some coffee or like can you sign off on this and like no double takes or anything he's like "Mm -hmm," Mm mm-hmm signed it and he just sat there dressed with zebra man's head on for a couple hours until we got rotated through and i thought that was really nice that is uh that's kind of cool. A Actually,
1: touching, I really wish moment. I could see that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, are, are there a lot of yokai films in Japan that haven't made it to the States? Because pretty much, I mean, Clyde On and the Yokai Trilogy and... Uh... The, uh when we were just talking about the Great yeah. Yokai War. Those those are the big ones that have made it over there.
3: Well, Yokai are traditionally a pretty tough sell to uh, Americans and abroad because they don't have the, the, the cultural and historic and story backgrounds of a lot of these characters. Why, why is there a, a frog monster living in the water here? Why is there a, some monster that lives in the bathtub? Right. To Japanese people, these are fairy tales and folk tales akin to Rumpelstiltskin mm-hmm. or Little Red Riding Hood or, you know, trolls and ovaries and things in Scandinavian countries, or elves in Iceland, they're part and parcel of uh, Japanese folkloric tradition. And so you can kind of go in without having to set it up. Right. And that actually kind of undercuts their ability to sell them abroad because you they don't have any setup in them. And as for films that haven't made it, I mean, I don't think any yokai film has really made it big abroad. Mm-hmm. You know, they sell them as these kind of demon or monster films. They, they have to kind of try to recontextualize them in ways that don't work. Yokai, because they aren't demons, and they aren't really monsters in the sense of the way we think right. of monsters. Right. Uh, they're more like shapeshifters. Uh, I think probably like an elf, or a pixie, or a fairy, yeah. or something is closer. Tricksters. But those are tricksters, yeah. exactly. But you know, calling them fairies that conjures up this whole Tinkerbell type thing yep. that's at odds with an animal that rips your intestines out. Yeah, don't even get me started on fairies. Right. Why I think
1: that. <laughs> So they're lying, you know, general media in America is lying to the kids personal pet peeve <laughs> yeah. huh? shouldn't be teaching those kids to like want to hang out with Tinkerbell because she's going to steal them away and they're never going to see their family again maybe this is a
3: giant conspiracy of yeah. fairy kind <laughs> the
1: Disney <laughs> conspiracy There's, some, I'm sure there's several anyway uh, so Are there any like you would suggest any any yokai films if if I personally me or any of the listeners were like interested in finding more of them?
3: Right. Well, personally, I I, once again those Daie films you were talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, The the original yokai Daisenso is a great movie for uh, kind of it's it's kind of campy by modern standards and it's it's a little bit over the top in that the 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 centerpiece of it is this weird Babylonian yokai. He's he's a yokai from Iraq, basically who they made up for the movie who kind of invades pan and starts yeah. taking over. Daimon. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of the the, the kind of uh, a yokai that appear as as the the protagonists and the and the side characters in the tale are all very kappa uh, mm-hmm. who else is in there? Abu the guy with the kind of teardrop shaped head. Those are all traditional Japanese yokai, and uh, it's kind of a good introduction to them. The new yokai, uh, Daisenso, mm-hmm. The Great Yokai War, is also a great movie for that, because it has these updated kind of takes on all of these different uh, characters. Kwaidan, uh, Kobayashi's Kwaidan has features Yuki Onna, the Snow Woman, who is a uh, real a classic sort of yokai, who kind of personifies uh, cold weather, harsh weather, snow, and, and it's, its devastating effect on the human body. Yeah, those, those tails, that's... That one's my yes. favorite. And then sure. uh, if you're looking for uh, books, Lafcadio Hearn's books, In Ghostly Japan, uh, Kaidan. I, I love... Go- Go- I Laf- just lent In Ghostly Japan to somebody at work. Such a great book. I mean, yeah. and those books were used as the as the basis for making Kaidan. And actually, the really interesting thing is they're the first time most of those stories were ever written down in, in, in any language.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
3: when that book was retranslated back into Japanese in 1904, 1905, it sparked this new interest in yokai among no. the Japanese. I did not know that. That yeah, it's interesting yeah it's it's really interesting yeah actually so
1: side note side side story yeah. about that i was uh searching my local library for potential yokai and ghost books about japan and i found in ghostly japan at the library right. and i put it on hold right and i went in to pick it up yeah and they handed it to me and it's like this super super old hardcover book. Oh man. And it looked I'm not gonna say it was like an original printing because there's no way because I think it came out in like 1899. Yeah so but it was so old that they had actually they had used this weird like hole punch stamp thing that had the words Multnomah County Library like stamped into the front three or four pages. I was really freaked out that it was gonna fall apart.
3: on me. I hope you read it by candlelight or something. That's
1: like that's the way in a dark room with a
0: little
3: single
1: candle. <laughs> with like ten candles and after exactly. each one you blow, blow one out. out. Yep. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Uh, so Matt, do me a favor. I, we're gonna sort of wrap up this uh, interview a little bit here, but tell me why. What brought you to the land of the rising sun here?
3: Well, I was always interested. Personally, I was always really interested in in robots. As a little kid, uh, I was I was in love with Star Wars and robot movies and things. Like that And when I was about Four or five years old I got my first Japanese robot toy Which was this uh, Big red Two foot tall guy From a series Called Shogun Warriors mm-hmm. And that just kind of Sparked this whole I was like Wow what the, This is huge And it's get really cool looking Get a dragon Exactly yeah. I didn't want to get Too deep on you But okay. yes Get a her, get her dragon And Dragon I know a little bit About those guys Oh I mean they're great yeah. And he actually had His name written in Japanese Across his stomach And I, I could actually I learned to read At a pretty young age I was a voracious reader and But I couldn't read These characters mm-hmm because mm-hmm. they were katakana, and I was like, I asked my mother what it was, and she's like, that's from a country called Japan, and I was like, whoa. Nice. So there's this faraway country out there that thinks robots are just as cool as I am. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> and I just started, I mean, I just started collecting, ro- I mean, I was really into the Transformers and stuff yeah. like that when I was a kid, the toys anyway, and it yeah. just kind of, one thing led to another, And, and the, but the robot toys are really what brought me here. Yeah
1: that Shogun Warriors Rodan is why I got into Godzilla movies. Oh, that is a
3: great, yeah. great toy. Not released in Japan, either. That's yeah. an interesting thing. And super expensive if you want to find one right now. In the box, yeah. <laughs> kind of, even kind out of, a, of the box. the Yeah, they're tough. Makes me sad. They're tough.
1: Uh, so you said you have to... Go over to the NHK Studios to shoot a segment yeah. with them. I now I personally found that uh, link you sent me very fascinating. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I found it fascinating. Oh, which link was that? Right? Uh, this was okay. you. You sent me a link
3: to the uh, art trucks.
0: Oh yeah, but yeah. But
3: the sh- tell them about the, tell us about the show.
1: Okay. And, you know. Well,
3: I occasionally I'm, a, I'm I'm an occasional correspondent for this show called Tokyo Eye uh, and and a couple other ones on NHK World, which is the English language channel for NHK, Japan's big Public broadcaster, and Tokyo Eye is kind of this show that goes around Tokyo and introduces various aspects of the city uh, in English to foreign audiences because it's only broadcast abroad mm-hmm. on uh, cable TV. Most most cable providers you can get HK World, and it's fun. I mean, through them I've gotten to see all this stuff like these giant decorated trucks, like the, the the big rig truckers here in Japan. At least in the 70s, just to trick out their trucks, all these lights and bling bling and stuff. And now there's fans of that who uh, do it to their own kind of personal, uh, rides and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so I got to see that, and we filmed episodes on yokai. we filmed episodes on robots, we filmed episodes on Ninja, like all sorts of things, it's been a lot of fun to do. I also, uh, you know, interlinked
1: down into the, uh, what some of the other shows that you did, and I watched the one talking about mascots. Oh, yeah! And now that I'm here, I have really enjoyed, like...
3: Say, oh, there's a mascot. There's yeah, a mascot. Yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. mascot. This is really cool. Yeah, they're everywhere, and actually, those are very these these kind of super cute mascots that you see all over Tokyo. Could really be called the the descendants of yokai. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I mean by that is, so many of them are these anthropomorphic. Uh, kind of like a product with a face on. It. Yes. And that directly links back to yokai culture because many yokai are haunted objects, everyday objects that have been thrown away by people. And uh, so this is a, it's a kind of modern day extension of that same sort of way of looking at the world mm. that uh, people in times of old had That's uh, back in Japan.
1: Cool. Okay, so I got one last question sure. for you. Yeah, it's going to force you to remember the first of the three of those movies from sure. Dai, sure. sure. Yokai Hiyaku Monogatari. Sure. And so, in this film, the, uh, the bad guys all get, you know, get scared to death, essentially. Yes. And then the doors to the front of the palace or, you right. know, township open up. And the ghosts come out, para- you know, they're parading out of there. They, some of them are carrying these giant white... Container basket things. Yes. Do you have any idea what that is? God,
3: <laughs> you know, you're 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 really taxing my my yeah. the limits of my of my uh, memory here. I unfortunately don't, but that I'll tell is you okay. what. I have it on DVD. I will watch it, and if I if I figure it out, I'll let you know. Because that's what my friends ask. Like they go, what what are those? And I go, I have no idea. You know I mean, what? I'm... Let me watch it. Let me watch it. I'll check <laughs> yeah. it out. And while I'm doing that, you know, while we're on this topic, I, I've forgotten a couple other really good yokai movies that mm-hmm. you should probably turn people on yes, to. Yes, please, please. Uh, the Kiba Kichi films by uh, Haraguchi, Tomo Haraguchi. Haraguchi, uh, Those are actually based on a comic book that was illustrated by Morino-san, who uh, did the illustrations for Yokai Attack. And it's about this kind of Yakuza-yokai sort of conflation. It's an interesting kind of intersection between those two worlds. And of course, there's Haraguchi-san's newest movie, Death Kappa. Yes, which is kind of a parody, but it's yep. uh, absolutely worth seeing if you want to see a giant kappa taking on a giant monster in downtown Tokyo. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you to introduce me to
1: Haraguchi-san, but uh, then I thought about it, and I I actually gave Death
3: Kappa a pretty terrible review, <laughs> and um, but uh, I'll tell you about
1: that later. <laughs> it is a
3: it is a it is an acquired taste. Uh, Haraguchi-san is the nicest guy in the world, though, and I think you probably get along famously with him. Uh, so do me a favor, to uh, everybody a favor. Tell
1: tell them where you can find, where they can find your books or information.
3: Well, the easiest way to find our books is on Amazon. Uh, there's Yokai Attack, and there's also Ninja Attack, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, a similar sort of uh, approach, but featuring real life ninja instead of uh, yokai. And you can find them on Amazon. You can order them through any bookstore. Um, they're they're widely distributed, and uh, they're you know you should be able to find them pretty easily. But if you can't, the web is the best place, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that your local bookstore or bookseller would be happy to order them for you if they don't already happen
1: to have them as done. Excellent. Well, thank you very, very, very much. Thank you for meeting with me, and this
3: is a great place. Yes, really it glad was a we pleasure. Shows the park. Exactly. I was a little worried about those pigeons that uh, landed above yeah. us a few <laughs> while back, but we dodged that bullet. Yes. They left. Thank yes. God.
1: All right, well, thanks again, Matt, and uh, I will have links in the show notes to some of your books on Amazon Japan. Well, thank you. Or, no, Amazon.com.
3: Amazon.com, yeah, definitely, Amazon.com.
0: This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan.
1: Not a lot of news to report uh, in this episode, but there are some very noteworthy bits. The first and foremost is that the Criterion Collection has somewhat announced their uh, Godzilla or Gojira Blu-ray and DVD. They will be available January 24th, 2012, which is only, you know, a few months away. Not too long to wait. The Blu-ray looks like it will be a... Two-disc feature and will include new a high, uh, new high-definition digital restoration with uncompressed monaural soundtrack on the Blu-ray edition, audio commentary by David Calat who wrote a critical history and filmography of Toho's Godzilla series, which I just bought and will be reading on my trip. New high-definition digital restoration of Godzilla King of the Monsters. Terry Morse's 1956 reworking of the original starring Raymond Burr. Audio commentary for Godzilla King of the Monsters by Callot. New interviews with actor Akira Takarada. Godzilla performer Haruo Nakajima and effects technician Yoshu Irie. And Eizo Kamai. Kaimai? Sorry if I'm butchering that. And also we'll have an interview with legendary Godzilla score composer Akira Fukube, a featurette detailing Godzilla's photographic effects, a new interview with Japanese film critic Tadao Sato, uh, The Unluckiest Dragon, an illustrated audio essay featuring historian Greg Flugfelder, sorry if I got that wrong, describing the tragic fate of the fishing vessel The Lucky Dragon, a real-life event that inspired Godzilla, It will have theatrical trailers and a new and improved English subtitle translation, plus a booklet featuring an essay by critic Jay Hoberman. Once again, that will be available January twenty fourth, 2012. I will have a link in the show notes to the Criterion page where you can see all of those details that I just uh, talked about and a little bit more, and you can actually pre-order the discs as well. In other Blu-ray news, uh, just after this episode is released... Destroy All Monsters will be coming out on Blu-ray October 25th, and uh, I've got mine already on pre-order. Hopefully you've got yours as well. I really can't wait to see how that turns out. Destroy All Monsters is kind of one of my favorite films in the Toho Godzilla movie franchise. Anyway, that movie's coming out, and uh, I will, of course, be checking it out as soon as I am able. Um, Speaking of Blu-rays and speaking of giant monsters... I had a chance to watch the Gamera 3 Blu-ray, which I was a little... It looked beautiful. It really did look amazing. But I was really surprised at the quality of the subtitling, and here's why. Gamera Guardian of the Universe, Gamera 2 Advent of Legion, and Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris, or whatever subtitle you want to give that, those were released in Japan on Region 2 DVD with English subtitles. Kind of a rarity for Godzilla fans to be able to buy something from Japan that has subtitles, and the Gamera Trilogy did it. They're great. They're the same subtitles I remember seeing on Gamera 3 when I saw it at G-Fest in 1999, and I was uh, very happy with those. When ADV Films released their version. If, if they were different, I didn't notice, but it also had English subtitles, and they were great. Now we come to Mill Creek Entertainment. In 2011, releases Camera 3 on Blu-ray, and something's just not right. First off, it looks like somebody went through and did their own subtitle translation, which I don't understand why you would reinvent the wheel when you already had something working with the uh, first two releases from Japan and, and the U.S., Secondly, this Blu-ray disc has several missing pieces. There are uh, conversations that happen where you get like two or three people who are talking, and all of a sudden, there's a sentence being said, and it's not translated. There's no subtitle there to uh, to do it. Uh, Sean Darnell also mentioned that he noticed some of the subtitles were off, you know, a second or two, which, if you're in conversation, if you're trying to follow a conversation, that can be really confusing the biggest issue for me is, is the missing subtitles. But there's only one real joke in the movie. And the person who did the translating completely glossed over that joke. And I don't understand why. Uh, it's actually very funny, very much like uh, Kaneko's sense of humor. It's very dry and very kind of here it is. And they just did not do it. I'm spending a little too much time talking about it. I'm going to move on. I'm going to get out of the wormhole. So regardless of how I feel about those subtitles, it was great to see the movie and its brilliant clarity. And uh, that was that was good. Uh, they do have the Daimajin trilogy supposedly coming out this year. Probably not going to make it this year. But we'll see. There's no release date set for the Blu-ray release of those, which, of course, I will be getting because I have a problem. And actually, that's pretty much it. So let's move on to local events. Uh, as we mentioned, friend of the show, Dave Helfree, a.k.a. Baron Von Gulu, has a haunted house here in town. And this is no ordinary haunted house, my friends. This is Fright Town. Town is awesome. There are three super mega scary haunted houses inside of this. That is happening all month long. Every weekend, October 7th through the 9th, October 12th through the 16th, October 19th through the 23rd, and 25th through Halloween. That's all at Memorial Coliseum from 7.0. To 10 p.m. during the weekdays, the weekends, 7 to 11 p.m. If you're in town, if you like scary stuff, you really need to go check it out. As incentive, all across town, there are these sort of discount cards where it says you can save up to ten dollars when you and a friend use this coupon you can save five dollars off regular admission to see the three haunted houses exhibits and special events at fright oh yeah and he has an art show inside fright this year how cool is that uh anyway i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up uh, thanks to heather and martin for coming over and watching the yokai trilogy thanks to heather for being able to make it curses to your your sickness martin and we all hope you feel better You jerk. And last but not least, thanks to Matt Alt for meeting up with me in Japan. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I probably will be doing another one like this next Halloween. Who knows? Maybe it won't be yokai specific, maybe it'll be like horror movies or something. But I like doing something a little different for the Halloween episode. Hey, speaking of October things, don't forget this month's Daikaiju discussion film is Ultraman Tiga and Ultraman Dyna and Ultraman Gaia Battle in Hyperspace. I've already gotten one Daikaiju discussion submission. I do expect to only have a couple of these, you know, so just send it in, you know. Uh, It's actually a really fun movie. It's uh, better than the other one that came out, which is later on in the uh, lifetime of the kaiju cast make sure you get your homework sent in um, i believe i said by october 24th in order to get it included because when i get back from japan and uh, asia and stuff it's going to be a whirlwind of activity just to get the episode in under the wire. I think we're actually going to be watching it on the 30th. But I'm going to need to, you know, be organized and all that good stuff. So, you know, if you want to be included, send your questions, comments, and reviews in to controller at kaijucast.com. And just make sure you put daikaiju discussion in the subject line. I tend to be getting a lot more email these days. Oh, something else to to note, the gallery should be online and voting should be in place right now. If you're listening to this show, unless you're listening much, much later, that should be going on through this uh, last week of, of October, the voting and that's for the Feel the Impact contest. We got some fantastic submissions, and I really want to thank everybody for putting themselves out there and sending in their photos. It was really cool to see everybody. Uh, we've narrowed it down. The KaijuCast staff and the Impact Merchandising staff have narrowed this down to the ten, our 10 favorite pictures, and so what you need to do is vote on those 10 favorite pictures, and the ones with the most votes... Those are our three winners. I'll have a link in the show notes of that, but you could probably find it on the front page of the website too. Speaking of ways to share things, was I talking about that? Doesn't really matter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook.com slash KaijuCast. Twitter.com slash KaijuCast will also get you there. Feel free to be a fan or like us or whatever the terminology is for Facebook. And also, you can follow us on Twitter. I do try and use Twitter a little bit more. Um, than I used to. It's kind of difficult. Uh, Facebook, however, is where a lot of the conversation happens in between episodes because, you know, even though it's just, even though I do two episodes a month, there's a lot of stuff going on with Godzilla. Lots of stuff, you guys. Lots of stuff. Uh, So feel free to check us out there. Uh, That being said, I think it's really time to close it down. If you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and want to experience the glory that is the full effect of kaijucast Nets, make sure you point your web browsers to KaijuCast.com. Why? Well, you can see every post we've made, every show we've done. Uh, the polls are there. Uh, you can see some galleries. You can definitely vote on the Feel the Impact contest. While you're at it, why not check out the list of Daikaiju discussions so you can be prepared, you know, sort of see what's coming down the pike, maybe maybe plan it out. Uh, if you want to send me an email, tell me you love the show, hate the show, suggestions for the show, suggest you know, I'm totally open to uh, suggestions on who I should be talking to, who I should be interviewing, and so forth. I also love talking about Godzilla. If you just want to talk about Godzilla with me, shoot me an email and uh, the email address is controller at kaijucast.com our next episode will be the Daikaiju discussion episode uh, following that we'll hopefully have some very cool stuff that sprouts from my trip to Japan for our November episode um, but I think there's nothing left to say people except how and how can I say this like spooky yokai
0: Mameda ro, I'm I'm